Welcome. It is the Ski Bum Podcast. News your pals, Mario and Brian. Mario, what's up? Not much. Getting excited for the ski season and a whole lot of things going on that we're going to talk about today. Yeah, getting ready for the Snowbound Expo. We've been talking about it for months. We have yeah. a lot of great additional information we are talking to the man the source the guy who's setting up the actual festival mr steve morgan from raccoon media in our main yeah. topic so you're definitely going to want to check that out get a little behind the scenes info get a little bit of logistics and get yourself fired up so you can go check out snowbound so main topic wait for it thank you so much for listening we do appreciate it check us out skibumpodcast.com we're on your favorite socials x instagram facebook untap youtube at ski bum podcast do you love us we love you show us how much you love us show us how much you love us can i get an amen patreon.com slash ski bum podcast you can become a patron you can help us out help this podcast grow evolve become something bigger better set up events We're, we're trying to do some We're big kind of like a charity at this point, right? Well, I want to be more of a community where we can get like like-minded ski bums together, maybe do some trips, some meetups. I think that would really, you know, just uh, make people's ski lives better. That's what we're trying to do. You know, we call ourselves yeah. the weekly audio ski trip. That's what we want to do. We want to do more personal, non-just audio, full experience ski trips together with some some like-minded folks. So check out Patreon patreon.com slash ski bum podcast if you want to help us out we'd appreciate that send us an email ski bum podcast at gmail.com like we mentioned snowbound expo they are returning november 3rd through 5th in its new location at the boston convention and exhibition center bcec to those in the know they will come back bigger and better than before lindsey jacobellas sean white ted liggety it's a Jerry great jones bunch of uh bunch of great people they're gonna have really cool events you know i'm not even getting into too many details we'll talk more about it in the main topic but go to snowboundexpo.com if you want your tickets hurry up about a month left for to sign up get stoked up also our friends at 10,000 10,000.cc athlete-led design it's time to get ready for ski season folks it's a month before snowbound you could be on the snow in november maybe december remember Test, iterate, repeat. That's what they're all about. Iron sharpens iron. The only way to become your best is to work with the best. Their goal is simple. Create gear worthy of the world's top athletes. I'm wearing my interval shorts. This is not a 10,000 shirt. This is obviously a spider shirt. They're not a sponsor, so I'm going to cover that up right now. Better than yesterday. That is the motto at 10,000. The idea of pursuit in business, fitness, life, and skiing. They believe moving forward with a quiet dedication to constant improvement and becoming just a bit better than we were yesterday. Go to the website, 10,000.cc. Use the code bschneider 15 B-S-C-H-N-E-I-D-E-R-1-5, 15% off. I got joggers, I got shorts, I got shirts. What else did I get that was kind of crazy? They do rucking stuff. I don't have their ruck pack, but they work with Go Ruck, which I have their backpack, which is great for training. I love their stuff. Yeah. Little nice. rucksack action. Gotta get ready, man. You can you're not gonna ski yourself into ski shape. Stop telling yourself that. Time to get serious. This is an illusion right there. Yeah. Time <laughs> to get serious. Speaking of getting serious, Mario, let's kick this off the way we always do. 
It's time for Opre Today. So the Opre Today is a little wonky because it's uh, middle of the afternoon and I got to still work. So this is an, this is fun. unprecedented in unprecedented times. Like I don't think we've ever done a, little... a podcast at this time. No, I'm doing a cranberry lime seltzer. That's about it. Cranberry lime seltzer. Keeping it polar, keeping it real. Shout out to Worcester, Massachusetts. That's their home. Ooh. You drive Although past. I do it. like taking the seltzer and either adding weed to it or vodka. So it is good. Not that many. There's no calories, so you're just getting the calories from the uh, alcohol or the weed. It's a it's a good starting ground. It's you're able to do a lot with it. Depending on how crazy yeah. you want to get, right? I oh, love yeah. the seltzers. Yeah, I uh, I'm in a similar boat there, my man. I got my awesome purple yeti mug and i have nice ruta maya coffee in here which i pretty much just slow roll from i don't know nine o'clock till probably two all day now yeah, i'm drinking it today i'm drinking it with old school whole milk oh, and here's my story you. with the milk whole milk unhomogenized milk mm. what do you think about that no so homo. no no homo <laughs> no homo milk Gen- Genized, you mean? I bought this milk. At, I, would, I had to go to Whole Foods because I bought a bunch of stuff. I was telling Mario before I installed a subwoofer in my Bronco. I decided Whoa. to buy a bunch of Dynamat, which is the stuff you put in to eliminate you know noise and vibrations from the back of the car. Car's loud, can't help it. But I was like, I'm ripping the whole paneling out of the back. I might as well Dynamat it. Little did I know how OCD I would become about it because it took me about three Dynamat. hours to cut Dynamat. Dynamat. And to cut cut and glue and use a little rubby thing on there to get it all down. I went super Would you use the contact cement? No, contact I had sticky gets you high. It had a sticky you back. Oh, <laughs> I had sticky, okay. I had sticky back on it, so I had to cut it and then apply it. I did try to use a drill to put holes in it so I could put the, the bolts back into the ground. That didn't work out at all. That's, no? I was Damn. trying to, well, well, think about it. If you have something that's maybe, I don't know, a quarter inch thick and you had to drill a hole through it, but it was not solid. Yeah. I was thinking, like, could I put a nail through it? I just ended up using like a, a hole punch an exacto knife. Yeah. yeah, I ended up using like exacto exacto works. squares. Yeah, I was cutting squares out though, yeah. but it was works. so sticky. It was so sticky you couldn't. Like, it was really tough to to cut the holes out. But did that. So anyway, I bought two boxes oh, of that stuff. Two <laughs> boxes of it, and I think it was twenty five square feet. For some <laughs> reason, in my mind, I thought I was going to need more than one box. I used a third of a box. So I had these two. I did the same like, thing. They were seventy bucks each. The like, boxes. Yeah, I got mine. They were cheaper. They weren't Dynamat. They were something similar. Same crap. Yeah. It's foam that with a sticky back. But I did the same yeah. thing. I overbought, and I was like, "Wow, that really went a long way." <laughs> yeah, I, I was like, "Oh my god, I have so much left." I still have again two thirds of a box left. So I went. Dude, I've been using it on on random shit, like underneath this. On desk your wife? For Shut up, woman! Shut up, woman! <laughs> Under, underneath this this podcasting desk. I have it underneath there, so it stops the vibration of me hitting the, the tabletop. Huh. Not a Any bad use idea. for it. I'm wrapping shit in it. Yeah. Wrap the dog in it. Shut him up. Quiet, dog. Quiet. So, yeah, so I, I bought two boxes of it and got it from Amazon. And, you know, thank God they bought Whole Foods because now you can go return stuff to Whole Foods, which was a genius oh, idea nice. because you're already in Whole Foods. You're like, well, I'm going to go buy some expensive crap while I'm here. So I yeah. needed milk. We needed milk in the house. So I said I could buy the fancy, we usually get the Horizon grass-fed milk. 
And I saw the fancy one next to it, which was the same price. And it was from some local farm. And being the hippie that I am, I'm like, oh, y'all get the local farm one. Unhomogenized, like legit milk. No homo. Bring it home. Give it to my son for breakfast. I'm like, Benjamin, we got some really special milk that we got yesterday. He's like, okay, give it to him. I go, Benjamin, has the milk? He goes, (laughs) give give me a thumbs down on this fancy milk. I'm like, are you He's like, serious? Dad, if I had four hands, if, if I had two extra hands, I'd give you four thumbs down. Seriously, right? <laughs> Wish I had more hands so I can give this milk four thumbs down. Four thumbs down. <laughs> I drank this milk and I'm like, you know what? This milk tastes like a kid, like being a kid again, because it was real milk. Was it grass fed? I mean, probably. I just had the name it's of the grass cow. Fed. It has a different flavor to it because the grass, it's like a different, it has like a grassy flavor to it. Just I, like I tried it before. I'm like, beef, yeah. yeah, I'm kind of like, I like the grain fed. I don't know what it is. <laughs> I like the corn. I like corn in my milk. Yeah. Corn, corn milk. I like that. Yeah. So Benjamin was not feeling it. I said, you know what? And of course, because it is real milk, it's, the expiration date is like Friday. Like, I got to use this stuff up. I'm not throwing it away. It was like six bucks. It. So I like, That's you know what? the best in coffee, it. though. That or cream. That's delicious. Oh, I used to use heavy cream. Yeah. And this is. You I get mean, like delicious. the other milk that's like the. Two percent or one percent, it looks like bluish. In the, in the, turns it bluish. Skim milk is the most disgusting thing in the world. Yeah, I don't even why, know why you have it in the first place. Why are you drinking skim? Milk? You look at the ingredients. It's like milk and like sugar and other crap and chemicals and a ton of water. Just just put regular milk, whole in your milk coffee. and water. Yeah, you're better off. Yeah. Stop exactly. buying skim milk. You're foolish. All right, just drink it like a man, all black and all. That's true. Black and bitter, like my women. Black and bitter. That's right. Yes, I got legit unhomogenized cow milk in my coffee. And frankly, it's delicious. Love it. Nice. I'm pro cow. Pro cow. So that was a very and exciting upgrade today. You milk Thanks, that little goat oh, milk. I, I can't milk do anything. Tea right in your milk. I can't do goat cheese. I can't do goat milk. All of it just, it's just something. I like I goat do cheese. It. I don't know about goat milk. I'm I don't like wrong. lamb. I don't like lamb, Rogan Josh. I don't like, I don't like goat lamb anything i love the smell of lamb cooking i'm I'm not a big fan of the taste i don't know can't do it no it is i try every once in a while doesn't work i did have lamb chops that were good it was the seasoning i seasoned the shit out of them you put them in a little lollipops right on the grill not too bad i just get a nice that's once in a while dumb cow steak what buffalo steak Mm. buffalo steak yeah bison Elk. Mm. I'm getting hungry. Damn, Seriously. Man. Well, maybe hungry. Are you hungry for some ski news? I know I, I am. Let's go to ski news. Now, this news is not the best news, but it's news you need to know. Winter construction on Colorado's I 70 will impact skiers. Here is what you need to know. So, if you live in Denver or fly to international Denver International Airport, you know the headache that is Colorado's I-70 during the ski season. After all, most of the state's ski areas are located off this main east-west artery that crosses the Rockies and features several mountain passes. The drive from Denver should take only an hour, and some changes to the closest resorts, including Loveland, A-Basin, Keystone, can easily take double or even triple during Damn. winter months. Better pack a lunch and some roadies. Obviously, Saturday, Sunday, holidays are even worse. 
And now there's even more complications. Interesting fact, turns though. It, it turns that trip from a one roadie trip to about three roadie trip. <laughs> yeah, right. I hate to say so last, last winter was the busiest ski season on record with over 65 million people hitting the slopes, according to the National Ski Areas Association. Not surprisingly, almost half of those visits were in the Rocky Mountain region, 27.9 million. All that's to say there are a lot of people driving on the I-70 corridor. The interstate was featured heavily in the state's 10-year plan released in September 2022. The most expensive project on the list is the I-70 Floyd Hill project, which kicked off in June of this year. The I-70 Floyd Hill project, which will encompass an eight-mile section of I-70 between Evergreen and Idaho Springs, will impact I-70 drivers until the end of 2028. That is the next Damn. six ski seasons. The main goal With of the all project... Our technology, we can't do that quicker? What the hell? I know. Elon Musk, boring company. I just drill underneath. The main no goal of the project is to eliminate the two-lane bottleneck by adding a third westbound lane, which will be a full-time tolled express lane. If you're disappointed that the third lane will be an express lane, you're not alone. Stacia Sellers, Colorado DOT Strategic Communications Lead for Major Projects and Operations, acknowledged that it's not an ideal nor a particular popular solution and that CDOT is limited in what it could be do given the constraints of the geography and other factors. CDOT is at the point that we can't build our way out of the congestion, especially with Colorado's population projected to increase by over 600,000 residents by 2030. So this is, this is a lot of people. And, you know, again, it's, it's trying to reduce that bottleneck area, which obviously is a wonderful thing. They're saying that uh, that toll lane, um, so it will feed into the existing mountain express lane that runs from the Veterans Memorial Tunnels in Idaho Springs to the U.S. 40 Empire Interchange, which is the route to Winter Park over Berthoud Pass. The latter only operates on peak weekend and holiday travel days, but will provide weekend skiers with a combined 16 miles of express toll lane. It won't come cheap, though. Toll lane pricing for the new express lane has not been set, but the cost to take the current mountain express lane is eight to nine bucks for cars with an express toll pass and fourteen sixty seven and sixteen twenty five for drivers without a pass each way. Damn, it's gonna be like thirty bucks. Thirty bucks to go on the expressway. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just wondering, like, what if there's an accident on the expressway? That's something I always think about when you're in HOV lanes, you know, and it's you're kind of almost like a yeah. bullpen, like a like a corral. You're just, you're you stuck. Like, what if there's an accident? You're completely stuck. Yeah. Then it, you know what it is? It's still thirty bucks. <laughs> it's still thirty bucks. Yeah. Corridor travel studies shows that given the introduction of projects like this, drivers in all three lanes see travel time savings of anywhere between 20 and 50%. Well, on paper, that is wonderful. Yeah. But we know people. So here we go. We know people. So here's how the construction will impact skiers. The project is broken into three sections, east, central, and west. This winter and spring, work will be done on all three sections at once. To avoid making I-70's notorious traffic worse, Seller says crews will not be doing work on the weekends. 
Work will also not be performed on weekdays during peak period hours, times when we start to see heavier traffic. The project generally works within a 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. time frame, Sunday to Thursday. Ah. So here's a way to avoid construction altogether. Number one, get a helicopter. Number two, live at the resort. Number three, go somewhere like Telluride. There you go. You're welcome. So if you're in the Denver area and want to avoid I-70 altogether, you can either ski Eldora, the only neighboring ski area that doesn't require a drive on I-70, or book a ticket on the Winter Park Express, an Amtrak train that runs between Union Station and Winter Park Resorts on Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays between January 13th and March 26th. As of writing, there are still $25 one-way fares available. That would be really fun. I would love to do that train for a weekend. Imagine like yeah. going for a week and you roll out, there on a, roll out there on a Sunday, come back on a Saturday. Like that would be really fun. Who really I wants guess to drive? You want to ski, right? God, take a train. I, I, these days, I will do anything to avoid driving. Just train it around. It's so much better. Yeah. And of course, they take my advice here. You can also head south to Crested Butte to avoid 25 and 70 altogether. It's further away, over 200 miles from DIA versus just under 100 miles to Copper, but rarely sees serious traffic delays. The other option is to take the Snowstang, a bus that transports skiers from downtown Denver to Copper, A Basin, Loveland, Steamboat, and Breckenridge during the winter season. The snow While you won't be able to avoid cool. traffic, yeah, you can at least zone out or nap. And the Snowstang. Yes. <laughs> Or it could turn to speed. That, that's, yeah. that's a problem too. Snowstang will that's be able to use the new Floyd Hill Express Lane when it is completed, but cannot use the existing Mountain Express Lane due to size constriction. Constrictions? Oh, wow. Constrictions, yeah. Rates are not yet set for the Snowstang, but last year it was 25 bucks round trip, which is pretty damn good. Yeah. So lots, lots of uh, interesting things to be going down now on... I-70. But, you know, there's always... It's never easy, man. It's never easy. But at least you know. The other option is go to Utah. And with our next story, a Utah ski area without lodging ranks among the best destination resorts in the U.S. Get so on that gondola. Peak Rankies is a an independent ski rating organization. It says they've been around since, was it 2019? And what they've decided to do is they they came out with their rankings for the 23-24 season. So they've been reviewing ski resorts since 2019. And they listed Alta as the best place to ski in the United States, followed by Snowbird, number three, and Snow Basin, number six. So all three of those places do not have lodging right at the mountain, at the base of the mountain. I've done Snow Basin. It's pretty close to stuff, but you still got to drive about 15. If you go really close, you could probably between five and 10 minutes. Uh, we stayed about 15, 20 minutes away, which wasn't really a big deal. You were in Ogden or were you outside? I was in Ogden. Yeah. Northern part of Ogden. Alto, we did not ski. We did see, ski Snowbird and there are places to stay there. I mean, there is lodging. It's not great, but there's stuff oh, yeah. there. It's right there at the bottom and you avoid the traffic. Um, you don't have to deal with any yeah. of that congestion or avalanches. You're just there. You're just there. Sam Weintraub, the founder of Peak Rankings and its ranker in chief, said uh, he or a member of his staff has visited each of the rank resorts 
They determine the pecking order by looking at factors he believes matter to a destination. Matters to destination skiers such as snow quality and consistency, terrain quality and diversity, ease of navigation, and overall mountain vibe. So he took two issues with Alta. Alta, it's lack of affordable lot affordable lodging. So there's lodging, and it's banned on snowboard borders. Snowboard also got dinged for having limited on-site lodging and for limited beginner terrain. But as we know, it was pretty dope because there wasn't any, wasn't much limited, wasn't much beginner terrain. It's just all, all good. Well, that was Snowbird. Um, they did that whole ad campaign a couple of years ago where they yeah. took all the one-star reviews and they like yeah. kind of, they made an ad campaign. I was like, like, yeah, there's no, not enough blue and green terrain here. You know, and that, that, that was like, yeah, that's why yeah. this place is amazing Great. because the terrain is absolutely sick. And that's why you got to read into the reviews and see what's there. Uh, like, so well, like ultimately, it's just Southern California. Yeah. Is like, eh, it was too hard for me to ski here. It wasn't sunny every day. Oh, well. Uh, ultimately, it's just the elevation for Alta that faces entirely north. And then just the fact that they have such insane consistency in snow quality, Wantraub said. Uh, those things alone, I would say, justify Alta and Snowbird being near the top. But what sets Alta and Snowbird apart from Brighton and Solitude, which also see really incredible snow and terrain, they're just really large and they have a lot of lot of different terrain. So they have advanced skiing, expert skiing, world-class steeps. And they go, they go on to say Alta Snowbird ranked second and fourth respectively. Whistler Blackcomb uh, in Canada and BC was one of the most well-rounded experiences anywhere. And Jackson Hole filled the gap between Little and Cottonwood, Little Cottonwood Canyon Resorts. Snow Basin is on the top 10 on both lists came to number eight in North America, despite not offering nearby lodging for out of town skiers and boarders. They said, because it's less crowded than many other resorts of its size and it does everything well. And I can attest to those awesome experience, great terrain, uh, and not crowded. I gotta say, so don't tell anybody about it, but I love hmm. going there. Um, yeah, this, this list is really cool the way they break everything down. They and have, explain why they made it or they didn't make it, which is kind of nice. Yeah. And they have, if you go to the peak rankings website, they have both the reviews for each one of them. And then they also have the raw stats. So it's a spreadsheet and you can, you know, you can sort by snow, resiliency, size, terrain, diversity, challenge, lifts, crowd flow, facilities, navigation, mountain aesthetic, and total, which yeah. is neat. So there's a lot of different stuff. So here, Banff was on number five, Vail was number six, Snowmass seven, Snow Basin eight, Beaver Creek nine, and Telluride ten. So that rounded out the top ten. I want to see what what exactly does resiliency mean? I don't know. Is it consistency like every year versus weather? That could be it. Hunter came in 81st overall. Look at that. I just scrolled to the bottom. I love the cons. Horrendous crowding issues on weekends and holidays. Yeah, that's a lot of resorts in the Northeast. Yep. Just saying that is the Northeast, period. It is. <laughs> yeah. Bolton Valley. Bolton. What else? Yeah, they're all, they're all down. I'm looking at the bottom here. Matter for Glen came in 76th. Oh, people are going to complain about that. People are going to oh. complain about only a 49 score. Whew. They don't even have New Jersey or Pennsylvania on the Finder app. It's only New York. Wait a minute. You're putting Mount Snow above Mad River Glen? 
It's a pretty chemo. Well, it's the amenities. That's what they're floating in there, right? Wow, you are saying they're putting killing or they're putting like all these places, Okemo and Mount Snow above Mad River Glen. Damn. And Stratton. Well, number right, one on the number one on the East Coast was Killington. That was pretty good. Tremblant. Tremblant was, mm, was all right. Jay Peak's only fifty six. Yeah, Jay Peak, I would imagine, is my probably. I would say Jay Peak's number one to me. Well, Jay Peak came in, I guess, fourth on the East Coast because he had uh, East Coast. Stowe, Tremblant, Killington as three, two, one. I still think it's better than that. It has better snow. Has a freaking oh, water park in the hotel and an ice rink. Like it's it's a fucking complex. Places. Yeah. Cool list though. I mean, it's it's interesting the way they they rank stuff. You know, everyone has their own way of ranking things in terms of importance and what matters. But I think it's cool seeing something like this and and seeing why resorts get what they get and why some things that are cons for some people can be pros for other people. You know, like ban on yeah. snowboarders. If you're not a snowboarder and you're a skier, you're like, yep, it's in the wrong column. <laughs> it's good to have something like this as a conversation starter, and then you could argue about why you believe it's a different order. That's almost what these things are, is really just yeah, as a conversation starter, or if you have like a grudge with some place, you make the criteria completely against that place and then just trash it. And yeah. at least people talk about it. People are like, oh, I gotta check this stupid website out. What are they saying? <laughs> Tell your ride made number 10. I like that. A Basin 12. Yeah. Great place. Yeah, this is cool though. Worth checking out. We'll put the link in the show notes then if you want to check it out. Perhaps you don't care about North America. Perhaps you are a Norwegian skier. But guess what? Stereo Skis, which is a Norwegian manufacturer, have announced US debut and launch. Crossing the ocean. Crossing the pond, as they say. Stereo Skis has just announced its official launch and debut to the US skiing market. The company founded in 2008 is a Norwegian-based ski manufacturer dedicated to creating the most high-performance and sustainable skis worldwide. Heralding Scandinavian handcraft techniques, I mean, they built amazing Viking ships in the 800s, which I have seen in person, and they are insane and crazy and beautiful. They have spent the last 10 years building skis that combine the highest quality materials and manufacturing techniques to deliver the best ski performance and long-lasting products. 2023 marks the first step in its multi-year growth strategy with the highly anticipated debut to U.S. customers. The skis will debut in 18 doors across the West, Midwest, and New England. We are thrilled to launch our updated website as well as welcome our 15 dealers to the Stereo family. Stereo Skis has a rich history and an important sustainability story to share with the ski community here in the U.S., we're looking forward to building more partnerships and building the excitement for these high-performance skis. Nice. They announced its touring model, the Wolf MX-5, was recently named Backcountry Magazine's Gear Guide Editor's Choice, a prestigious award signaling to the industry that this brand and its products are one to watch as they gain a U.S. foothold. Over the next three to five years, Stereo Skis looks to build its U.S. market share, expanding its door count and growing its list of valued retail partners. And they're going to mark the debut of a strategic brand partnership and an ambassador program aimed at propelling Stereo Skis into the mainstream conversation. I think perhaps we should be part of that ambassador program. I think we can 
we can ambassador the shit out of some stuff. Believe it. You know what I'd love if they had skis that looked like Viking boats and could ski. Right? Viking That's boat what skis. I'm talking about. That would be really cool. Yeah, trend. Why can't we do this? It'd be great for pond skimming. Guys? Pond skimming? Yeah. Like some sort of like like a Thor Thor themed ski. Oh, have like a, a hammer that goes with it. You can ski with the hammer. Ooh. <laughs> that How about knows where your skis poles? are at all times. How about poles that look like Thor's hammers? Oh, a hammer and an axe. One hammer, hammer one and axe. an axe. Yeah. This way you know which one's right and left, right? Stereo skis. Don't you want us part of your product and marketing team? Even just part of the think tank. We we got a lot of good ideas. That's it. We are we are chief idea officer material. We believe they're good ideas, and that's all that really matters. But you know what? They're good to us. We can express them properly, and people can take them and run with them in whatever direction they want. We're just, we're like the tip of the spear. Yeah. It's the, the understanding. The you got to understand where our head's, head's at, and then you'll be like, wow, that is a really good idea. See where you're going with it. The best, I tell you, the best. Well, you know what? Perhaps some folks were already to break out their stereo skis this week. Boom. Where at, Brian? How about their one country over neighbor over in Finland? Boom. So there is a, the first non-glacier Northern Hemisphere resort will open in seven days, which this was the 29th. So it's like five days now, right? We're recording this in the second. So yes. Yeah. They're almost open. Uh, By the so time this comes out, they will be open. Oh, boom. So summer's over, fall's here. The days are getting shorter. The temperatures are finally dropping and the leaves are turning. It actually didn't get above 80 today here in Florida. So I know it's definitely winter's coming, which is good. It's like 74 so in, here. Yeah. At least it, at least the temperature broke. In Finland, the na- Levi, the nation's largest ski area, and Ruka, another one of the largest, plan to both open October 6, 2023. The first non-glacial resort in the Northern Hemisphere to do so, that's one week away. So they're saying we're back on snow when the first ski lifts and slopes open on the 6th of October. And there's just a lot of a lot of weird stuff going out on the uh, the internet. They have big piles of snow. I think they were they're doing the snow farming. So Ruka does the snow farming. So they have this big tarp over snow from last year that I guess they'll start spreading around as a base. And I think they do the same thing at Levi. We talked about this story a while ago about the snow farming idea, and you know, embracing it. It's you know they they take a sneak peaking in winter with the help of preserved snow. So Levi's Ski Area cross-country ski season starts with preserved snow already on the 6th of October. At the same time, the opening of skiing cross-country skiing starts the entire range of amazingly early snow winter, early winter events. Levi Glacier Slope and Early Season Park open on the front slopes. Next to Levi Golf Cart opens free cross-country ski track with preserved snow. It's interesting to see how it's helping out. It's almost like sourdough bread. Like I sat you yeah. the starter. You kind of take a little bit of the starter from the sourdough and you make some new bread. It's kind of like <laughs> what the snow is. Like it's sourdough snow. What's amazing is it's not one big pile. They have a a, a, a photo on there from, from Ruka, September 4th, 2023. And they have one, two, three, four, about six different areas with tarps over them and piled up snow. And I'm like, that's really cool. That'll actually probably complete two runs there and start at the bottom of a, of a third for that being snow that was left over. That's pretty amazing. You think about it. 
it's it's really impressive yeah what they're doing and just finding ways you know i love that people are just trying to find ways to be keep keep the snow keep the snow really and to to find ways to get the season kicked off a little bit sooner yeah almost like a finely aged like a finely aged cheese like finely aged snow yeah like your sourdough bread starter right like sourdough bread (laughs) it's a starter yeah they the mother. Well, the, they call it the mother or the starter. What do they call it? The mother. Yeah, the mother. Isn't the mother kombucha? Yeah, I think the mother is for vinegar. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I know it's definitely the starter, but I don't know if it's also the mother. It might be able to be both. Um, Google it now. It's always Google has it all. They just call it starter. Okay. But mother now you've brother. been making sourdough, so you do the starter and you just keep that going, right? But you got to make that original starter. Did you get yours from somewhere or did you start I on your own? I have not made sourdough. I've just purchased sourdough. Okay. Frequently. Frequently purchased sourdough. Because our somebody is into all into sourdough right now. Like that's, he'll just eat sourdough all day. It's so freaking good. He just found it. He's like 16. He's like, just ate it. He's like, hey, this is good. I'm just going to keep eating it. Hey, if, if you got to eat bread, you could do a lot worse. Yeah, it's not bad, right? Well, you know, we're talking a lot about Europe, talking about Norwegian skis, skiing in Finland. Beautiful, perfect transition into our main topic. We mentioned it at the beginning of the show. We had a wonderful conversation with Steve Morgan. And Steve is the the guy who is in charge of the Snowbound Expo, which is coming to Boston in November, November 3rd through 5th. It's going to be at yeah. the BCEC, the Boston Convention and Exposition Center. We got some really cool inside information from him, asking about how you know how things went last year versus this year, what people can expect, and we think you're going to enjoy this conversation. So, without further ado, here is Steve from Raccoon Media, and we have a very special guest this week. We've been talking about Snowbound for a couple months now. We're all getting excited about it. And we have the man who makes it happen today. Yeah. So welcome. I'm going to give a big welcome to Mr. Steve Morgan, MD of the Active Division at Raccoon Media Group. So, Steve, welcome. Hey, you guys. Thanks so much for having me. It's uh, obviously an honor and pleasure to be here with you two today. It's great seeing you again. Uh, you know, we've been. You know, like we mentioned earlier, we've been talking about Snowbound a lot. You know, we had a great time last year. It was a fun, exciting event, especially after, you know, three years of no show in Boston with, you know, of course, we've talked about COVID and blah, blah, blah. lockdowns. It was just so exciting to be around like-minded snow people again. And I, it, it seems like everyone really enjoyed the event, the attendees, the raccoon folks, everyone involved. So how are you feeling this year about Snowbound about a month out versus a month out last year? I'm not going to lie. I'm feeling a lot better this year than I was last year. I mean, last year, as you said, you know, the the previous event hadn't been running since the since its old kind of iterations as Biwi. Mm-hmm. Um, and that had stopped in, yeah, 2019. So we had a couple of years off. Um, and plus, with our partnership that happened with SIA, so Snow Sports Industries of America, um, we only really started working on the expo in about end of April last year. So okay. that was a super short timeline for us to pick up an event 
deliver it. But all the stuff that happens in between of securing media partners, sponsors, exhibitors, and as, as you kind of uh, sort of briefly touched on and, and the difference between what it was uh, in its previous sort of form in BWE to what we delivered was was quite huge. The proposition of the event itself or the expo, sorry, was um, was quite a change. So there was a lot of moving parts last year. Um, don't get me wrong, there's still a shed load of moving parts this year, but at least we know the way they move now. <laughs> you're not you're not flying blind as much this year as <laughs> no. you were last year. No, I've so got my glasses this time, so yeah. yeah. So for our listeners, can you explain just a little bit about the difference? Because there was a big shift in the way it used to be marketed and, and I guess arranged. And now we saw it last year, but I know this year's even probably going to be even more, right? Mm, no, definitely. I mean, look, in its previous uh, sort of setups and just the way it was in its DNA was that it was very much orientated around um, a sale and it was retail, high focused yeah. on retail. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. We're still focused on retail, but um, the kind and, and there was nothing wrong with that before at all. Um, but the way that Raccoon Media Group does events and expos is that we are very much um, content led and passion driven. So all of the markets that we operate in are people who are active, healthy, uh, and super into what they do. So they have a you know real huge passion for that sport or pastime or hobby that they want to pursue. Um, and as I said before, it was like the BWI event very much focused on sale, come in, grab your gear, get a nice promo, go home. That's cool. Perfect. Um, we're a little bit more of come in, engage with the community, meet your friends. There's a lot more, there's a lot more kind of meet up and, and as I said, the content surrounding it. So there's a whole experience around being at the expo itself. And, and as you said, Brian, you know, connecting with like-minded people. And that, yeah, that that's, was, the, yeah. that's the perfect word experience. Yeah. That's, that's kind of, you know, you know the vibe that we felt because we were at the, uh, the previous show, I think two or three years, I think at least mm. three years, you know, 17 18 19 so we got to feel that the vibe of that and it was fun you know but it seemed like those shows were a lot of the same thing every year like they had their kind of cookie cutter exactly yeah, the booze, what they do. had the trade show vibe and it was yeah. a little yeah, weird which was fun but if you did it like the first year was super exciting the second year it's like oh okay this is the same thing by the third year you're kind of like where are my buddies let's go hang out so your yeah. guys show it seems like you tailor things differently every year. You're kind of looking for different themes and focuses and like you said, experiences for the attendees versus just, like you said, pick up your gear and head out. Yeah. And that, that is, that's totally it. I mean, every single year we make sure that the content schedule is different. We make sure that we've introduced new features. And in fact, actually part of our internal mantra is that, and it's not a real word, but 20 to 30% newness every year. Yes. And that's cool. yeah, no, that's yeah. smart. <laughs> that is um, nice. And we we do that just to make sure we're not we're not staying still and we're not getting stagnant. You know, um, yeah. we're a very creative bunch, and we like to and we listen as well. We listen to the industry. You know, so a lot of our ideas come from you guys saying, you know, wouldn't it be cool if you did this? Or wouldn't it be cool if you did that? And and we do listen. Well, we had we some ridiculous things. ideas, just so you know. <laughs> I don't, okay, I don't think okay, Mario, no ideas, no ideas from you, but everyone else. <laughs> Put those on the back. I don't think you want to listen to ours. Yeah. <laughs> well, now, one thing. So last year, you guys were at the Heinz Convention Center, yeah. which is, I mean, geographically an awesome spot because you're right in the center of Boston. You have all the restaurants and bars and shops right around you. Now, this year, we're moving to, is it called the Seaport Convention Center? No, it's all... 
or is it it's the, the um, uh, it's the BCEC, so the Boston Convention and Exhibition Center. But yes, it's in the Seaport District. Right, because the old one was like the World Trade uh, Convention Center, and that got knocked down to build condos because got to have more condos in Boston. Got to have and more then, condos. And this yeah. kind of slid back a couple blocks, but is in that same neighborhood, which is great. Why the change in venues for this year? A couple of reasons. So. Again, getting a bit boring and techy on it, we had at the previous event at the Heinz, 82,000, well, there are thereabouts, 82,000 square foot gross. So that's the amount of footprint that we have for putting people in there, getting all the all the stuff that we do into one hall. Um, now, moving to the BCEC, we've gone up to about 162,000 square foot wow. gross. Wow. So it's the, and don't get me wrong, that is not going to happen every year. We're not going to be able to double it every year. Otherwise, we'll be taking over the whole of Boston in, I don't know, about three to five years. But <laughs> that's that's not possible. As much as my CEO and, and bosses might like to <laughs> I think that kind of growth is normal, it is not. Um, You're going to send out Paul Revere. He's going to be on his horse. <laughs> British are coming if you start taking over Boston. <laughs> yeah, not again. No, but um, so, <laughs> so, yeah, no, look, we moved there for scalability, definitely. And... Um, accessibility it's it's got its car parks it's much easier for people to kind of drive there and look there's pluses and minuses uh, of every venue that you go to yeah. but for us we needed to go somewhere bigger and also it's it's been at the seaport before the exhibitors they they knew or they know that place um and they were very keen and positive not only for the change of venue but also for the change of dates so it's a bit earlier mm. That year, is yeah. nice, yeah. Because I know, you I know, think it would be nice. Oh, good. No, we have like the big Thanksgiving holiday that comes right after. Uh, yeah. It was. It would have been like the week after last year's show, exactly. and that's. There's a lot of traveling. There's a lot of people yeah. who are already going places to do stuff. So, I, I'm personally, I've talked to a bunch of people, and they love the earlier date too. Because again, mm-hmm. and it's last year too. There was actually snow falling at that time. So people might've been like, I'm getting my first tracks of the season this year. I'm not going to go down to Boston. So this a little bit earlier, let people get a little more fired up, get the, uh, get the Mm -hmm. excitement going. So this is a, I I think it's a good time. It's better timing. Yeah. 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 Also the venue last year, like it was such a big event, which people, I don't think realize how big it was because it was spread in those two big sides, the two big rooms. Mm -hmm. So which was part of the problem. yeah. yeah, of that venue, which I'm sure, Steve, you heard everybody say that because I know, yeah. Yeah. You know we were hosting that inspiration stage in the big area and everyone's like, hey, is Bodie Miller going to be here? And there's like six people sitting there. It's like Bodie no, even came by and we're like, no, dude, you're in the other stage. Yeah, no, go go past the bathrooms underneath that hallway. And that's where the yeah. stage is. So, yeah, yeah, totally. we, yeah, we had so many people come up to just go, oh, my God, it continues back here. We're like, yep, yeah, oh, it does continue back there. Uh, yeah. There is more to see. Yeah, so that's going to yeah. be nice. So is this one more like wide open at the BC Easy? Exactly. Think of just one huge box. Awesome. Okay. See, that's going to be a lot better. Yeah. Get more pump and hype and throughout the whole place. Definitely. Now, I notice you have some more um, events, like more uh, like activities for people to do. Like last year, there was you had the um, ski slope, you had curling. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a few other things that were around. So, what are the new things that you added this year? The people to look forward yeah. to. So I mean, um the the mega slope is back again this nice. year. Um, but this time we have it with a kind of rail setup. So that's gonna be really cool awesome. for people to have a little go on, well, maybe first time hitting the rails or or even just watch a couple of other people hit the rails. More um, paramedics. 
Yeah, more more paramedics. I was about to say, yeah, hit the rails with their, you know, skis or snowballs and their body. But anyway, um, we've also gone bigger on the cross country uh, and snowshoe experience because that was nice. really popular. People loved that. Um, that was just, the roller skis, right? But that, uh, yes, yes, you're right. That was, yeah, run by um, the cross country ski association. Um, and yeah, so we've gone bigger on that one. Give more people more opportunity to get on that have a go and and actually that before i get sucked on too much of a tangent that sums up quite a lot of what the expo is about as well this whole sense of discovery you know you might come there not ever having any experience of cross country at all and you go away thinking oh actually do you know what that's something i want to find out a little bit more on or have a little go very cool so yeah we've gone a bit bigger on that um there is a balance board feature this year as well it's just a little bit of fun you know transferable skills get everyone having a go the skate to ski um experience oh, and again, feature, yeah exactly that has gone well last year they had a bit of space and they they weren't really doing any kind of general public uh have a goes but this year they are so they'll be there doing that which would be really cool miles yeah, yeah. We, uh, <laughs> they did that a couple of years back because he would just like skate around the the conference I mean, what a, way to like, what a way to, to market, <laughs> just be on your product the whole time you're there. I mean, he's, he's the only guy who can do it. Yeah. Really. I know, I know. But operationally, though, they're all having, you know, tearing their hair out because, you know, not really allowed to do it in the aisles. But I'm sure, I'm yeah. sure they'll find a way around that. Um, elite team, family, fun and fitness. Uh, so Doug's bringing that along to the event this year as well. So that'd be a bit of fun for the kids to have a go on. Um, nice. Oh, gosh. The ski and snowboard hall of fame they'll be there with a kind of almost oh, like cool. a gallery-esque type um activation so people will be able to get a little bit more under the skin of of what those guys do um and just another way of engaging with the industry well that's good i don't think a lot of people get a chance to visit the uh the hall of fame so it's mm. nice to bring it to people while they're there you know it's a very smart sure. idea i'm gonna ask a dumb question where is the ski and snowboard hall of fame isn't that by waterville isn't that that? I'm going to say yes, but it in, sounds like something I should know and something I don't know. So <laughs> I'll find out for you guys. Because you know what? I was I actually looking. I love doing like just going on maps and looking where like different ski resorts <laughs> and places are. I found some sort of ski museum in like the upper, upper Michigan, like upper peninsula way up there. Here we go. U.S. Ski and Snowboard Hall of Fame is located in Ish. Ishpeming, Michigan. Oh, Michigan. Okay. Maybe that's a different Hall of yeah, Fame. Yeah, maybe that is a different one. Um, I they had say it's something closer. by Cannon. That, I don't it's think, that's, like, that's the now. New England. I think that was the New England. Ah, uh, the New England Hall of Fame. All right. Uh, yeah, I think this is it. Is there anything else? It's all New England. Michigan. <laughs> there Let's you go. Because there's Let's a lot of things in Michigan. <laughs> Ishpeming, Michigan. Wow. Yeah, when you yeah, think my, about Michigan, you think about big mountain skiing. My don't friend, you? don't forget Mount Bohemia. That place is supposed to be absolutely <laughs> unreal. It's right on the on Lake Superior, Lake Michigan, Lake Superior. I'm fa- I'm oh. failing my uh, my Great Lakes test, but there's it's right in the water. There. It's supposed <laughs> to get insane snow. It's supposed to be one of the most epic hidden gems in the middle of America for skiing. And and cool. Do you know what? You are 100 right. It is indeed in Michigan. So, yep. Who would have thought? Kudos. Free tickets go. for that. Free tickets for that man. Boom. Boom. See, this is what we do. We we provide information you didn't think you needed and didn't know. <laughs> so that's the service we provide to the general ski and snowboard public. 
Nice. So let me ask, this year setting up the show, was it easier to get a lot of retailers? Was there a lot of people that want to be in the event? Because I think last year you had said you were, it was, it was, it's tough starting back up, right? People don't know what yep. to expect. They don't necessarily want to commit. Uh, this year, I'm sure you got a lot better commitments from maybe some of the bigger brands that you were trying to get. Yeah, no, I think it was it was definitely that. I mean, as as we kind of touched on before, there was a change of proposition. There was a change of organizer. So everyone's like, you know, who are these guys with this kind of funky accent? They call themselves raccoons. I mean, what's that about? <laughs> they're not even um, in the country. I don't know yeah, where they're coming well, from. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's like, right, <laughs> we don't really know what these guys are up to, but we're going to see. Um, and they saw, and that's why we've managed to go from eighty-two to one hundred sixty-two thousand square foot. Wow. So that's the kind of buy-in and now support that we have from the industry. So yeah, definitely loads more, loads more vendors. Some of the bigger names that have joined us um, for this year would be the likes of Rosie, Dina Star, Lang, uh, MDV with their lineup. Salomon's going to be there. So it's in terms of, yeah, vendors and brands, there's a real nice mix. Um, And also the mountains have really decided to jump on board this year, which, I mean, look, we all know there's been some trials and, and challenges for the industry over the last couple of years. Um, there's a recovery period and it feels like now, you know, we're, we're coming out we've, you know, we're coming out of that recovery. We've, our bones were broken and they've grown back stronger um, and people are really coming back into it. So there's a, there's a real strong cohort of those mountains and destinations that have joined us um, for this year as well. Yeah. And just even the speakers that you're getting. I mean, mm. you know, you guys just kept adding, adding more and more, you know, Sean White, Jeremy mm. Jones, Lindsay Jacobellis, Ted Liggett. Like these are, these are no joke. These are real, the real deal people that everybody who's into skiing and snowboarding is going to know about. Oh, for sure. And I mean, yeah, look, I'm a, I'm a boarder myself. And so when we were looking at the prospect and actually we started this, the conversation with White Space, um, which is obviously, you know, Sean's brand last year. So it's been a year in the making where we've been hounding, oh, wow. <laughs> we've been hounding <laughs> wow. these guys to come Finally along. Yeah, exactly. And then when that was dropped, I was like, yes. So Slide into be, Sean's DMs. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> um, he hasn't got back to me yet, but I'm sure at one point he will. Come um, on, Sean. <laughs> but no, we're, we're so stoked to have him along to the event. That's um, awesome. Yeah, we're really happy with that. I mean, obviously, there's there's a great lineup of speakers. And, and one of the key things or elements that we try and make sure we instill into Snowbound is our um, second strategic pillar. So we build the expo on three strategic pillars. They're our foundations and our lenses that we look through everything to make sure we're ticking mm-hmm. you know, where we want the expo to go. And the second one orientates around um, participation and recruitment. So getting more people into snow sports, okay? Um, And that's the main reason why the Expo exists is the fact that we want to make sure our doors are open and regardless of male, female, white, black, doesn't it doesn't matter. Whatever your background is, if you want to step into snow sports, come along to the Expo and start that journey. So our, our speaker lineup, we try and make sure that we have as diverse and inclusive lineup as possible so that it relates to as many people as possible. Um, cause yeah, we want to get more people into the sport. Just don't be broke. I gotta say, yeah, <laughs> that's the only I thing. Say, don't be broke. I gotta say last year, I was surprised at the, the speaker list you had and, and Brian and I, we, you know, we had speakers on our stage, but then we walked around, we listened to other people and, mm. you know, to come to an expo, expo and get that exposure without having to pay for a separate set of speaking engagements. It was 
it's kind of nice for somebody coming in. They get to see product, they get to try some stuff, and then they get to hear a lot of cool stuff in the industry. Mm-hmm. So even if you are not a novice, you're, you've been skiing or, or boarding or cross-country skiing for a while, there's a lot of relevant, uh, good information you get out of it. So I think it's it's kind of under... Um, I think, I think people look at it, they, they don't look at the true value of it when they go to the show mm. they're looking like, Hey, let's look at some cool stuff. And, you know, I think before they, they might've been like, Hey, maybe we get some good deals, but I think there's a lot of good information that people get out of it. Definitely. And that's part again of the, the DNA of, of all of our expos and, and events here at Raccoon is that when you come through the door, everything you walk in and try and do and have a go is all free. So you just pay for your, well, except for the food and drink. All right. We can't control that. That's, that's venue. Um, but at least we have drinks. Yeah. But, um, you know, once you get through those doors, if you want to have a go on the, on the mega slope, if you want to go and listen, if you want to go and try out cross country, rollerblading, skate to ski, all of that kind of stuff is, is free. So just come in and have a great day. So now let me ask you something. Last year when we were there, I think, you guys were surprised that the people who were working at Snowbound were actually a little surprised at how much New Englanders drink. And they were like, <laughs> we didn't realize like you guys were going to clean us out. And I think it was pretty impressive. <laughs> it was pretty impressive. And over here, we run the snow shows, both London and Birmingham. So to be honest, I'm quite used to how or used to how much the the culture consumes let's put it that way um so but i know some of the couple of uh or a couple of the other team members were like oh my god they're like clear this out and the queues are like (laughs) half an hour 45 minutes so don't worry we've got multiple bars this time all right we're not getting caught out again multiple bars we're reducing that that wait time so everyone can get a beer when they want it or alcohol free because that'll be on uh you know on for people as well but um but yeah we we definitely took that bit of feedback to heart that's that's I was going to actually bring that up. So I'm glad you guys were uh, you guys are super on top of things, which is which is nice. Yeah. So, so I just want to go back to a, a comment you made before. So you said last year for 2022, you started planning in April. Mm. So that gave you what, like seven months, six, six months to get it yeah. ready. Yeah. What's the usual timeline you have to, to set one of these up? Minimum 12 months. Whoa. Wow. Um, and the but the opportunity was just it was just too much. You couldn't pass it over. So we were like, right, we have to jump on top of this. And when I first started, I don't know if this is going out on just podcast or, or video, but when I first started, my, my beard was jet black. Okay. So that, those, that six months leading up to the first expo, I now look like Gandalf. So this is, um, yeah, that's what it does to you, but it was worth it. You do look very wise. (laughs) A lot of good knowledge coming out of you. (laughs) So, Stick 12 months usually. And plus two, mm. being not in the location physically or even close, that must have made things more complicated as well. Yeah, definitely. There's there's loads of nuances when you go to a new territory that you've got to learn. Um, I mean, thankfully, I'd organized the UK snow show for the last three years. So, and I'm a boarder myself. Um, so I kind of got, I got it a little bit. So, but then there's the kind of nuances between I mean, even little things like we, we have like email campaigns over here and we do a, you know, a mass email, whereas over there they're called email blasts. So mm-hmm. there's just little things and like the, the little bit, you know, the spelling differences and making sure, you know, you've got that tuned up. But I must say we work with um, a fantastic lady out there who's our colleague, Christine, and she has actually previously worked on the BWE events for years. 
So, oh, and cool. she's been in the that industry helped. for years. Yeah, that helped massively. I mean, she was, and still is, you know, she still works with us. Um, she was great, great for us and great for the team to sort of learn and, and make sure that we we're doing things right, sense checked by her. So we had an in, insider from the beginning. So I can't just, you know, we can't just take all the credibility, but um, but no, there there are a few nuances, but, you know, you, you learn along the way and everyone's pretty, you know, if you make a mistake, you put your hands up and say, yeah, we made a mistake on that one. We got it wrong, but we're changing it. Um, so yeah, it's been a good yeah. journey. And people are, are pretty, you know, pretty good about it. as long as you acknowledge that it's like, like you just said, you know, oh, we screwed up. We're going to do better next time. People mm. are pretty cool about that. You know, it's just, it's the, I think people just hate the arrogance of like, no, 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 we know better. Like, this is <laughs> not what you want. I assure you. Just, no. just people <laughs> acknowledging that people like matter. Like that's, that's mm. a big part of this too. And you yeah, guys well, really well, did look for a lot of feedback last time, which is mm. really important, you know, um, seeing that you took it to heart. It's uh, it's, it's a really good way to grow, you know? No, definitely. And, and if there's one thing we are, we are quite, you know, humble. We don't think we know it all. I mean, don't get me wrong. There are times when you need to say, no, this is the way that it should be done from an organizer's point of view, but you can overlay that to, it doesn't matter if I'm working on snow cycling, Boston outdoor expo run, run show or equine show. It doesn't matter because there's certain kind of, rules and ways that you need to go but when it comes to the nuances of venue location or industry then yeah you need you need that feedback you need people who, who really know what they're doing it's like building a house like you guys know how to build the foundation get the walls up if you want to put different curtains or pillows like yeah we'll, we'll take out that feedback right 100 <laughs> percent. my wife tells me all the time yes <laughs> <laughs> so now you guys have the national snow show or snow mm. coming up is that starting next week or two weeks from uh yeah ten about ten days yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know I'm getting your blood pressure up just mentioning that day right can you see the vein on the side of my head your your beard is getting grayer by the second <laughs> <laughs> so you guys have the big snow week so this is it's a couple of shows right you have mm. a show in Birmingham 14th to 15th I said that in the most American way I apologize Birmingham <laughs> better than Birmingham that would have been even worse and then you have the London show. 21st yeah. and 22nd. Yep. How did you guys end up coming with that format of having, you know, two two shows in two different locations within a week? Well, in the UK, we've got really well, in Birmingham, we've got the NEC, so the National Exhibition Center, and that does really well at serving the kind of top half basically London upwards. Obviously, we get some London and South visitors up to there. But it's not as strong as um, if you were to hold a, a show in London and just having all of the kind of London visitors visit that. So we've got kind of two hearts going on here, one at the top, one at the bottom. And what we find is that people from the bottom don't necessarily like going out to the top and people from the top don't necessarily like coming down to the bottom. So we wanted to do these two shows to truly talk to the whole of the nation and make sure that everyone's got that opportunity to come to an event where caters for their their passion, so snow sports. Um, and then we wrapped all that up into National Snow Week. And the, the pure focus and goal of that is to further galvanize the industry across the whole of the UK and make as much noise as possible. If you set up a national anything, like National Coffee Day, National, I don't know, Black Cat Day, National whatever, Plant Day, it doesn't matter. You start creating some noise around it and a bit of a buzz around it. So some... Some idiot just thought, right, I know, let's do two large-scale consumer shows back-to-back -back and let's wrap it all up in National Snow Week and make about 
four times the work for the same resource. But, you know, we live and we learn. That sounds like an <laughs> wow. Elon Musk level psychopath. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Well, I guess the benefit too is if you miss one show, you could try to go to the other one, right? Like at the end exactly. of the week. Exactly. It's kind exactly. of nice. Because my first thought was going to be, hey, like, would you guys ever do that here with like a Boston and a New York? But I guess it may, it's a very different, not even vibe. It's, it's just the geography. Because, you know, with Boston, I mean, you can ski 20 minutes outside of Boston. Mm-hmm. I guess with you guys, I mean, you really you have your 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 plastic skiing, but you're not really... You have to kind of go somewhere to get the real proper uh, snow experience. So it's it's almost completely different in terms of the 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 demographics of mm. the two areas, right? One hundred percent. And you're right. We can't. We we have dry slope here, so we have lots of uh, dry slope centers. We also have a couple of um, indoor. They're not real snow, but you know, on snow. So it's, it's artificial snow, but it is, yeah. you know, it, it performs like snow. Um, so we've got those kind of centers here. And if you want to make a bit of a journey, so from, say, London, you're looking at about eight hour drive up to Scotland, where there are a couple of mountains that you can, you know, you can ski and snowboard on there. Um, I mean, it's not, it, I mean, look, it's, it's, it's character building. Okay. When you go up to Scotland, it's uh, you know, it's a certain kind of experience, but it is still fun and you can still get on the mountain and you can still slide and, you know, do your thing. We're, um, we're a kilt and do a William Wallace thing as you go down the mountain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 It's pretty much like that. everyone's shouting freedom the as they go down. Yeah. That's it. Um, it is pretty much that, but, um, but yeah, no, so there are a few opportunities to do it here, but yeah, you're right. You have to travel. Like if you want to get some like, big mountain experience, can't do that here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, speaking of that, what is your favorite place to ride? <laughs> well, you're going to be unlimited checkbook, unlimited yeah, checkbook. Yeah, yeah. I'll make sure I, I put this in so that you know one of our exhibitors <laughs> will listen to this and be like, okay, right, cool. We'll get him along to ours. Um, no, so yeah, yeah, I wish. Um, where have I been? It's been a bit, been a bit sparse for me over the last couple of years. I've got a two and a half year old um, son, so that's kind of grounded me. Um, both, both metaphorically yeah, and physically um financially <laughs> financially and i know that very well too <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah tell me about it so i've not been actually able to go on too many trips the last one was kutai which was for a um skiing kind of skiing snowboard test um and that was a lot of fun but uh, do you know what? i'm i'm gonna bring it back to the roots i would say i have had a lot of fun up in scotland all right there's a oh, certain nice. experience that you get there right. um and yeah it's it's not just about getting on the mountain there's a lot there's a lot of other kind of experience that you can get up there as well which is really cool and it's and it's beautiful that's kind of hey, one i of skied in been... over gatlinburg so everything is uphill from there the middle of tennessee <laughs> yeah middle of tennessee <laughs> that's something that we've been you know talking about a lot and you mentioned you know having your your two and a half year old son i've got a, a six-year-old son now and a three-year-old daughter so over the, the last couple of years i've had my son on skis since he was two and, wow. and Mario and I used to do a, a share house up in Vermont. We used to go to Killington like every week. Mm. So that was like the, the no kids, like party, fun, ski, drink, have a great time. Yeah. And I've had to kind of reevaluate my, you know, my skiing and all the places that we would drive past those little areas that, you know, as a kid, that's where you'd go. It's, you know, maybe 500, 600 feet of vertical, nothing crazy. Mm. But that's the places I've been taking my kids to. And 
to your point about, about Scotland, like we've been having a blast. It's not yeah. about, you know, dropping couloirs and, you know, going <laughs> cat skiing. It's been about just the experience, like with the kids, like seeing the mm. joy in their faces, the fun they're having, going, getting some totally. snacks. And like, I've, I've just had like a whole like revelation about like, you know, what matters with being on the snow and just trying to be a kid again with them. And mm. you don't need the giant mountains. Yeah. They're fun. They're great. We love doing those, but you can have so much fun on a tiny little hill. Um, exactly with your you kids fall in love with them all over again i think mm. fall in love with it yeah right completely agree you remember when you're a kid you pass it down to your kids and you're like hey this is the experience right nice nice remember i was a late bloomer though to snow sports so i only really got into it in about 20 well actually probably just before the um the pandemic hit oh, oh wow. wow yeah so i literally I, I, had a... skin until I was 18 so same uh, you know I, I mean, I, uh, it's actually part of our podcast origin story. I didn't get into it till I, I skied three times in my life before I was 30. And yeah. then I just, we went to Lake Tahoe. We had Mario had a, uh, a timeshare we could use. We all went there and I just okay. fell in love with everything that yeah. was skiing. So yeah. was it was a, a life, a life changing event, really. Yep. So yeah, no, it's, totally. but that's, that's the thing. If you're at least in decent shape and you're excited about it and that's the cool thing about what this snowbound is going to have. It's going to have opportunities for you to try mm. stuff out. You don't have to go up to the mountains. You can again cross country, try out the roller skis, try the skate to ski, try the the uh, the mega yeah. slope, try it out, and you may figure out that this may change your life for the better. And even if you're planning a trip, like you said, there's more resorts that are going to be there. A lot of times mm. you hear about these resorts, you read about them in a magazine. If you're planning that one big trip of your lifetime, that you're like, hey we're going to go somewhere cool this year. It's nice to get as much information as you can because you don't want to be disappointed. So it's kind of, it's a great thing to talk to all those uh, ski mountains and find out what there is there and uh, try to get the, uh, you kind of get really excited about taking a trip then too. Mm, no, and you know what, Mario, that's a really good point because yeah, you can do research online and you can look at sort of Instagram feeds and check out YouTube videos and you, you can do all that and you should do all that. But when you come to an expo, you have the opportunity to talk to someone who's on the ground there. You yeah. get to talk to the experts face to face. And that is one of the things that you just can't get online, right? You can't get yeah. You can't get someone sharing experience. And you can tell if someone's into what they're talking about or they're not into. And when they can communicate that kind of passion, you see the, the fire light up in their eyes about when they went to the resort or when they were on the mountain and where they went yeah. and how they did it. You, you can't get that online. So I completely yeah. agree with what you said. And well, there like are oh, about connecting, right? You connect mm. with them. They get to understand what you're looking for and they can tell you advice based on kind of what you're looking for. Right. Exactly. And ski and snowboard people are some of the most passionate people. Mm. I mean, you're not, you're not temperate about this sport. You're either in or you're out. And if you're in, yeah. you are in. Yeah. And we don't we don't hate you if you ride skis. That's cool. Like you know, that's fine. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Gandalf. <laughs> well, there, <laughs> well, there are some there are some ski areas now that, as a snowboarder, you shall not pass. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> nice, good, good link. You just got to sneak in with your split board, and then and then you could just rip it up. <laughs> yeah, I think you can't ride the lift if you like hike up there somehow and then go down. Yeah, I don't I think, think you'll they be can okay. stop it. Yeah, there's like <laughs> there's three of them, right? There's Mad River Glen in Vermont. There's uh, Deer Valley Dude. and Alta, both in Utah. Those are oh. skier only. Nice. Yeah, the only one. So you got to get there. Just you know, sneak in and and just drop one in there. 
Yeah, it's I'm funny. Like AR event. Yeah, it's funny. You see a lot of um, Alta snowboarding team stickers around. People <laughs> being cheeky about it. It's pretty funny. <laughs> That's part of the culture, right? That whole kind of vibe that you get there. The kind of fun. A little bit, you know, jostling with each other, skiers, snowboarders, like who's better, who's not, who cares? We're all having fun. Like, yeah, well, yeah. the snowboarders got to be a little bit rebellious, right? You got a little bit of mm. attitude. Yeah, that's why we got these beards and ponytails and all kinds of stuff going on. Big pants. Yeah, you got to do it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's cool now. Like you said, there's ra- you can have rails at the event now, mm. right? Like years ago, no skier would have ever been on the rails. It would have been all boarders. Now you see both, and it's pretty oh, amazing yeah. some of the stuff totally. they do. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's just been so cool because, you know, as skiers, you know, we tend to have a bit of an arrogance sometimes about us, but skiers need to recognize if snowboarding didn't blow up in the late 80s and 90s, the ski industry would be a shell of what it is today. Like snowboarding saved the snow industry. I like that. I like that line. That's a that's fact. Got, that's got to be a hashtag somewhere. That Dude, has got to be a hashtag somewhere. It's an absolute yeah. fact. Look at the way snowboarding blew everything up in the 90s. I mean, it took it to the mm. next level and it helped all these these resorts that were kind of like dwindling down just be able to invest in new infrastructure because they have all these new people, new new rental programs, new uh, training programs, everything. It really did save Train the parks. industry. Train, Train parks, parks. Yeah. yeah. You know, Big Air didn't exist. Now they do Big Air for snowboard and for skis. It's kind of cool. Mm. See, we can get along. This is synergistic, you know? It's like, you know, yin and yang, ebony and ivory. Like, we're working together here. We're making everything better. Totally. Each group pushes each other. (laughs) All right, Steve, we've had you on for a a good bit right now. Where can people get more information about Snowbound or the National Snow Week? Yeah, so, right. Uh, You can head on to our website for Snowbound. So it's www.snowboundexpo.com. Make sure that you do subscribe to our newsletter because we've got loads of gear reviews, but also you'll get some sneaky free promotions going on. Who knows when you might get a free ticket drop. So definitely subscribe to that. Maybe and even then, six free beers. Maybe, maybe. maybe. Depends on, yeah. Depends golden on how. Uh, yeah. That's the golden <laughs> yeah, ticket. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, so that's for Snowbound and for the National Snow Week over here in the UK. We've got www.nationalsnowweek.com. Excellent. Nice. Do you have a beer or alcohol sponsor yet? Just wondering. So we work with a beer company called Jubel Beer in the UK. So they do a lot of that great stuff. And then um, over at Snowbound, we've got Harpoon with Long Trail, who just signed up. Uh, Fat Fat Tire as well. So they're going to be coming back. Um, And then there'll just be a range of other beers in the Icon Pass Alpine Bar. Nice. Very nice. Well, we are looking so forward to Snowbound. It was a a great event last year. We're super excited about this year. Steve Morgan, thank you so much for your time and best of luck at the National Snow Week. Thank you so much, guys. Thank Thank you. you Have a much success. We'll see you soon. Thank you so much, guys. All right. Thanks. Take care. We hope you guys enjoyed that. If you want more information, we'll have links in the show notes at skibumpodcast.com. Thank you so much for listening. We do appreciate it. Check us out, skibumpodcast.com. We're on the socials, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or X, not Twitter. I'm going to do that a couple more times before it gets sunk in my brain. Untapped, YouTube, you're at Podcast. Send us an email, skibumpodcast at gmail.com. If you want to support us, patreon.com slash skibumpodcast. We really appreciate that. 
you need tickets still to snowbound go to snowboundexpo.com hurry up and get them if you want to get some gear to get training so you're ready for ski season go to 10,000.cc use the code b schneider 15 for 15 percent off thank you so much for listening we do appreciate it and we'll talk to you next week stay high stay for gluten see you